Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, only about 13 or 14 minutes long each day, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that keeps us in touch in our relationship with God. It also provides us with a more spiritual mindset to be able to deal with all that life throws at us every day. And life throws a lot at us, doesn't it? Faith comes by hearing the word of God. So Romans 10 and verse 17. So being in God's word every day helps us to stay strong in our faith. We encourage you to help other people to grow in their faith and to focus on their relationship with God and their soul's salvation by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. You may help somebody turn their life around and get to heaven, and that'll be a great blessing for them for sure, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. Well, we're coming toward the end of finishing our line of thought and study, talking about the scientific law of cause and effect, and that is for every effect or every result, there has to be a cause greater than that effect to initiate whatever happens to bring about that effect. So, you know, you think about a tree that is split open. Well, what was the effect? What caused that tree to split open? You might say it was a lightning bolt that struck it during an electric storm. Well, the lightning bolt is the cause, obviously greater than the tree because it split the tree. We can look at all kinds of other examples. We can look at illnesses and say there has to be a cause that ultimately initiated that illness. Might have been a virus, might have been a bacterial infection of some kind. Something happened that was greater than that effect that brought that effect about. And we could look at example after example after example. Some people, they may say, I've got a broken leg. Well, how did you you get the broken leg? It just happened. (laughs) No, they, they don't just happen. Something caused that. There was a cause that resulted in the effect of that broken leg. Well, that's the scientific law of cause and effect. That's accepted universally in the scientific community. What I've been trying to demonstrate is the law of cause and effect points undeniably to God. It's a logical conclusion. God is the cause. The effects we see all around us including the creation of the universe. Now, people who are atheists or who absolutely outright reject the idea that God could be the creator of the universe, they've come up with all kinds of fanciful theories that try to sound scientific, but ultimately they're science fiction. The Big Bang simply being one of them that somehow out of nothing came something that exploded. And we're talking about an infinitesimally small something. You couldn't see with the naked eye. You'd have to have a microscope to even be able to detect it. And somehow that exploded and expanded and everything we see in the universe around us as a result of that. What was that something? Well, we don't know, they say. Where'd it come from? We don't know. Was it always there? No, there was nothing before that. Well, how did it pop into existence? We don't know. We can't answer that. Why did it do what it did? We don't know. That's science fiction. That's not following the scientifically accepted, universally accepted law of cause and effect. But God is the cause. 
God is the cause of the universe and its existence. We've also demonstrated how without God, there is no rational cause to affect life on this earth. Life does not come from nothing. Life does not come from inanimate matter. Life only comes from life. God is the cause. Life is the effect. Without God, there is no rational cause to the effect of the existence of love because you cannot explain love, true love, without having the bottom line standard of God. It's not a naturalistic kind of development through some process that is truly by nature, uh, that, is, that is totally by nature. No, no, God is love. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 9 and verse 16 and all the way down through verse 19. Without God, there is no rational cause to the effect of the existence of love or of goodness, true goodness. You cannot explain love without God. You cannot explain goodness without God. And just as God is the cause that brought about the ultimate effect of true love, he is the cause for true goodness. Without God, there is no, there is no cause to bring about the effect that we understand that we really have true meaning in life. God gave us that true meaning in life because he created us in his own image with a soul, with a spirit being, with a spiritual essence that elevates us above every other life form in this world. We have a sense of being, a sense of purpose. We have a sense of integrity and worth. We understand the difference between good and evil. We understand the difference between right and wrong, between righteousness and unrighteousness, because God created us with a soul. Now, without God, there is no cause to bring about the effect of purposeful direction in life. It has really been rather mind-boggling to me that the number one or number two cause of death among teenagers from, say, 15 or 16 or so on up to about 24 years old, I believe it is, is suicide. Now, what's suicide all about? A person feels like they're worthless, that they have no, no self-worth. They, they, they are hurting because, you know, what is the meaning of life? What, what am I good for? I'm not good for anything. I'm worthless. And so they see suicide as an out, an escape. Now, to me, people in that age range, they've got their whole life to look forward to. A whole lot of great, even exciting things ahead for them. But you see, without meaning, without purpose, without direction, I can understand where they can come to the point where they can say, what, what's it worth? Why go on? But you see, if we keep in mind that God has created us with a spiritual soul, that gives us that purposeful sense of direction. Jeremiah 10 and verse 23 we read this, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Why do we have such crime in our world today? And we can really see it in our country right now, can't we? 
In fact, it is exploding before our very eyes in our land. Why is that the case? We need purposeful direction. Where do we get that? We've got to have a moral guide, and that's God. We turn to Psalm 119 and 105. And here the psalmist writes of the Word of God, of the Scriptures, of the Bible. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And indeed, God's Word is our guidebook. It's the manual of life, so to speak, or for life. In Psalm 133, we read this. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. Now, this is poetic language. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. You see, we should not look at life from a fatalistic kind of perspective. We should understand that God, having created us in his own image with a soul, that that soul is eternal, and that God wants us to be with him in heaven forever. Forever. Heaven being a place where there is no more sickness or pain or sorrow or dying or crying, but we are there under the care of God. No more death, no more pain, no more sickness, no more dying. This life is not all there is, but for the atheist, it is exactly that. It is all there is. And so, basically, life has no more meaning for them when you get down to the bottom line than it would have for an animal, a cockroach, Life is meaningless, but for our understanding that we're created in the image of God, that God wants us, he gives us the opportunity, he instructs us as to how to be with him forever in heaven, eternal life, we know this life is not all there is. We know this life is not the end, and we look forward to what God has prepared for us hereafter in eternity. In Isaiah chapter 45, Isaiah chapter 45, we look at verse 13. Once again, I have raised him up in righteousness, and I will direct all his ways. We need God's guidance. We need God's guidance, says the Lord of hosts. And in Isaiah 61 and verse 8, we read also, Isaiah 61 and verse 8, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offering. I will direct their work in truth, and I will make make with them an everlasting covenant. God gives us true direction in life. But without God, where is our direction? What is the meaning of life? If it's just physical, then there is no meaning. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, beginning with verse 13, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. That is the way of 
ungodliness, of unfaithfulness, of sinfulness, of wickedness, eternal condemnation in hell. But he goes on in verse 14 and he says, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it. Not because God has made it so difficult to get to heaven, but because it is the way of truth and truth is narrow. Truth is narrow. But God gives us that direction. He gives us that way. We have meaning in life because we do have a soul. He has created us in his own image. And so this life we know is not all there is. When we look at 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 11, here the apostle Paul wrote, for we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busybodies. Well, what's their direction in life? Where are they going? What's their purpose? What's the meaning to their life? In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 5, we read this. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. May the Lord direct your hearts. We need his direction. We need his guidance. And he gives, it, gives that to us in his word. Now, going back to chapter 3 and verse 11, now may the Lord our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. God is the cause for us understanding that we have true direction in life, that we have purpose, that we have meaning. That is the effect. God gives us that direction and that meaning that sense of self-worth because he created us in his image with a soul. Let's pray. Father, help us to see the best way to live life by your direction, communicated to us through your word. Help people all over the world to see and get that direction and that meaning. Thank you, Father for creating us with that understanding. In Jesus' name, amen.